hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I'm Dale Luganville. I will be your host from now until the end of time. Probably not till the end of time. Anyways, here I am in my little uh, humble podcast studio, and by that I mean it's my basement i.e. man cave i got the fire stoked got myself a beer beer of choice today is uh line kugel's snowdrift vanilla port um they are not a sponsor i have no sponsors (laughs) yet anyways uh i am sponsored by full scale outdoors how about that it's my own company so how did we get here and what is this all about well, that is a dang good question. I'm like interviewing myself. This is weird. Anyways, so this first episode here, I figure I'll just dive right in and uh, kind of explain what Full Scale Outdoors is about, uh, what I'm about, what you can expect from this podcast. The name Full Scale Outdoors is supposed to be um, kind of all-accompanying. It's full scale. It's uh, It's got multiple meaning, meanings. Um but as I go and I do stuff outside, whether it's fishing or hunting, foraging, uh, I pretty much only have one speed, and that's full speed dead ahead. Uh, I like to do stuff the hard way, um, not for any like uh, machismo reason, just because uh, I don't know. I don't know why I need. I'm gonna need a psychologist to figure that one out. But I like the challenge of it. I like to challenge myself. Um, and that's usually what I do, and it usually doesn't work out for me. But anyways, uh, what I mean by that is, uh, I don't even know what I mean by that. We'll get into that later. But just for a quick reference, I'll just give you a snippet into how ridiculous my mind works. So I'm a bow hunter, and uh, I love it. I love everything about it. I'm... A meat hunter. I mean, I would like a nice rack on a on a big buck, um, but 
the the paradox, the weird thing about myself when I get into that is if I was purely a meat hunter, I would just go out with a gun, right? Wouldn't that make sense? Like that's you're going to have the easiest way to put food in the freezer, right? I mean, that's going to be way easier than trying to do it with a bow. But I have zero interest in shooting a deer with a gun. I got no problem with other people doing it. That This isn't the, I'm not in the bow camp and, you know, gun hunters are lazy and this, that, and the other thing. That, that is not it at all. Like, hey, if it's legal, have at it, boys. I, I do not care. Like, I, I just don't. I just personally like to use a bow. I, I just get more satisfaction out of it. So it's this weird thing about uh, I'm more of a meat eater than a trophy hunter, but yet I do it the most inefficient way possible. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So, but but yet here I am. So, anyways, back to what full scale is. Um, like I said, it's it's fishing, it's hunting, it's foraging, it's trapping. You know, from an early age, you know, I grew up pretty typical Midwestern life as far as you know. My dad fished, um, so we all fished little. 14-foot boat, bench seat, you know, 10 or 15 horsepower outboard that seemed to rarely work. And uh, my dad was a preacher. And uh, if there's one thing that can get a preacher to use some colorful language, it's probably one of those outboards because <laughs> when they don't work, uh, I think we've all been there anyways. Um, but I didn't, the weird thing is I didn't come from a family of hunters. Like, nobody in my family hunted. I didn't really have any uncles. I think there were some uncles and cousins on my my mom's side that I just never really hung out. I don't know, distance-wise, um, didn't get invited on any hunts or, you know, like, so I just wasn't, the my immediate family, we weren't hunters. But... I was always, from as far back as I can remember, I wanted to hunt. I wanted to hunt. I wanted to trap. I wanted to learn as much about the outdoors as I possibly could. So I just immersed myself into it. And But I had a little, um, well, I'm going way back now. I'm starting to remember. So really early on, you know, I was just starting to read, and like before I could read, I was anything that had to do with animals, right? I'm any nature book what have you I, I was before I could read I was looking at the pictures so I know a lot about animals and so I got this I don't know this is going to show my age I'm um I used to read this magazine called Ranger Rick and I think it's I think it was the National Geographic like kid version of National Geographic and uh, so not surprisingly knowing what I know now you know I, I kind of started to develop this well, what would be like considered an animal lover today or like an anti-hunter almost sentiment? Like I would see as I got a little older, like maybe seven, eight, nine, started to develop some opinions. Like if I saw somebody with, say, like a raccoon tail hanging off their uh, truck antenna or something, that would like make me mad and be like, I don't see the reason why somebody would kill that thing, blah, 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 blah. But so that was kind of like that. I kind of had that going on, but there was always this nagging voice in the in the back of my mind that 
wanted to hunt or I was at least curious about it and curious about trapping. And so that those kind of things, like somehow I was able to separate it. Like I could read a story about a hunter. I could read a, a magazine and not get offended, but somehow I would see uh, a fur and I would, and I would get, I would get mad. Granted, I was a kid. I didn't know what the heck I was talking about, but, um, so that's, you know, the beginning of my paradoxical, uh, mind waves, I guess you want to call them. But, um, anyways, I guess it was about, so we fish, you know, and basically my dad's version of fishing, like it's, I look back on it now and it's amazing. We caught as many fish as we did. My, my dad's tackle box consisted of, he had a handful of jigs that he never used, um, we had some bobbers, you know, the old the clip on uh, red and white bobbers. And then the Lindy Little Joe spinners. Just a, a snelled hook, some beads, and a spinner. And then he had some swivels and then some weights. My dad was very fond of the rubber core weights. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's a, like a, a long bullet-shaped piece of lead. And then in the middle is like this uh, piece of rubber that goes in there. And uh, uh, he liked those, I guess. For, I always hated them. I seemed like I could never get them on there right. And I, I thought it was easier just to use the, the pinch-on pinch on weights. You need more weight, you just pinch on another one and then have to take one off, swap it out. But that's neither here nor there. Well, that's all we did. And we would troll between... 8 and 14 feet of water, whether it was a river or a lake, it didn't matter. But that was like, that's what we did. And they were either biting or they weren't. We would change spinner colors, and our baits of choice were leech, minnow, or worm. And that was, and that's it. Every now and again, Dad would use a bobber. However, he wouldn't take the spinner off. He would just <laughs> attach the bobber at and throw that thing out there hey you know we caught fish i don't i just I, to this day i just i guess it's selective memory we remember the successes i guess i don't know because i don't remember too many bad days and then as i got older i remember going back one time to this river that we always that we grew up fishing and i remember like i i, I just like well I, this is what we do and i i put on those spinners and i trolled around and i couldn't buy a bite I, I just couldn't get bit and i was like oh i guess they're just not biting um no i just was fishing the wrong way i mean that's just how it was i had an underwater camera at the time and i put the underwater camera down there to see what it was and this is a northern minnesota river it's like bog stained it looks like coffee and i was like i'm not gonna be able to see anything with this like the it's so dark you can't see the bottom to my amazement, I dropped that camera down there. I could see for forever, it seemed. So you got this dark bog-stained water, and then there's like a dark bottom. So when on top, looking down in, you can't see anything. But when you're down below, I mean, I guess it's kind of like looking through tea or looking through thin coffee. Like I could see everything. So I just started drifting downstream. And it was quite illuminating, no pun intended, but welcomed. Um, there wasn't shit down there. Like, it was a random stick here and there. And we used to just troll right 
down the middle of this stinking river. So it's a miracle we ever caught anything because something would have had to have left cover by like 15, 20 yards to come chase our spinners. So basically the only time we caught fish is when they were just like on fire and, and snapping at everything. Um, but anyways, so that's the basis of like my fishing experience growing up, which was very limited, very narrow field of, you know, skill level, if you will, until like my teenage years. And then I started experimenting with other stuff and, uh, the jigs my dad had in his box, he never used. He always like, oh, I used to jig a lot when I was younger and used to do quite well. And we'd go to the bait shop, he'd pick a brand new package of them up, throw them in his tackle box, and he would never mope them up. I would always read his tackle box later, and then I would use them. Because once I broke out of that spinner thing, one of my favorite first lures was just a regular Mr. Twister. Man, you can catch, you know, you'd be hard-pressed if you had to pick one bait, you're stranded somewhere and you can only bring one lure with you i i don't think a you know a regular ball head jig with a mr twister tail i don't care what color on there you're gonna eat you're gonna you're gonna find something that's gonna eat that thing um but so i kind of started breaking out of that and then so that worked and i started reading fishing magazines and picking up different you know and uh to crank baits and spinner baits and Again, so I started, we'd have like, you know, we'd go on vacations or we'd go on these fishing trips. And now I had all these wild ideas, right? In my dad's eyes, I'd have spinner baits and and different jigs and, and what have you. And then he would always kind of chuckle at me um, throwing these ridiculous things. Because in his mind, all you needed was this little Lindy, little Joe spinner. And, uh, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And uh, But it, it became uh, a cool little... Uh, I don't know if it's a point of contention isn't the right word. That's too serious. Like, um, we can give each other grief about it, you know. Like, I would tease him about, you know, only using the spinner, and then he would be like, yeah, I ain't going to catch nothing on that on that lure. But, you know, we kind of worked it out. It was just a, one of those fun father-son dynamics. But that voice in the back of my mind still that that wanting to hunt voice in the back of my mind now a very good friend of mine jim he had some relatives that haunted and so he kind of started getting into duck hunting a little bit in our i don't know our senior year maybe our junior year at this time we weren't going to the same school i had moved away from the school where i met him in fourth grade through 10th grade yes yeah, the 10th grade and then i moved to a different school for 11th and 12th grade but we great friends and we continue to this day to, to hang out um not nearly as much as we should um but you know we try anyways so he got a bunch of decoys over the course of however many years and then we started hunting and uh you know we were those guys rowboat squeaky oars getting out there five minutes, you know, before legal. We're, we're the, we were the kids that everybody hates. All right, let's just be honest. If you're, if you're a waterfaller today, we were those kids. I apologize, but we didn't know any better. <laughs> um, uh, but we had some mild success. And then if I remember right, now I'd have to ask Jim this, but somebody stole his decoys, right? So then 
I mean, we're two broke kids. We we couldn't afford to run out and buy a bunch more decoys. So that was that was pretty much the end of that, and uh, just went back to went back to fishing. And then uh, you know, I was learning a little bit more about fishing, this, that, and the other thing. Um, with my circle of friends, or like a, a a church group of friends, and uh, you know, I take some of them fishing from time to time and uh, I kind of became the unofficial guide if you will because I was doing it more often um, and then they kind of grew up doing it but got out of it and then so kind of started to get back into it and so you know that gives a guy a little bit of confidence and you start you know you kind of have that reputation of the, the guy that knows how to catch fish. I even took a friend of mine his dad who would go camping you know and I definitely was the guide for that and uh um, looking back on now probably not the most successful guide in the in the history of guides but you know I at least I knew a little more than they did and we we got some fish and we had a really good time um, but again back to that nagging voice and then one day I was like you know what I'm just gonna try this duck hunting thing again and I went to I went to the store and I picked up a couple cheap decoys i got like two wood duck decoys and maybe four mallards or something like that i went out on the river and now i'm I'm quite a bit older now i'm probably oh my gosh let's see so this would be on wife number two that i'm on now but she wasn't my wife then we were just dating so i would have to be i mean i was in my late 20s when i did this probably 28 some somewhere in that realm and just you know her family had a cabin on the river and i just took the boat went downstream found this little offshoot creek throughout the decoys sat down in the weeds and waited i don't even know if i had a call at the time not that it would have done me any good it sounded like a complete cartoon character probably trying to blow the thing but um I just sat there, and all of a sudden, up come this channel. Here comes these two wood ducks just screaming. Pull up on one, take a shot, just crumpled it right there. I was like, this is easy. I haven't done the, I mean, I haven't missed a step. Boom, I'm good at this, right? And then proceeded to miss, like, the next ten shots. But I did end up with uh, a couple wood ducks that day, and I'm pretty sure they weren't decoying, that they were just, uh, they were just pass shoots. Um, but that was it. I mean, I was hooked right, right, right there. I was just before that. I was fishing. You know, any any available time, I was fishing. Sun up, sundown. Um, that was what it is. But now, now I had to start sharing. I had to start sharing my psyche with this new found hunting obsession, and it was an obsession. And most waterfall hunters will tell you, like. Of all the kinds of hunting, you know, and maybe you'll get some arguments from hardcore turkey guys or hardcore whitetail guys, but the waterfowlers, in my opinion or in my experience, are the craziest. They're the most obsessive. I mean, we just do some absurd things in the name of this hobby. But, I mean, I, I mean, I, that was it. That was, I was just hooked. And then, then it's just a matter of reading every you know, picking up every magazine, watching every hunting video I could, and just soaking it all up, uh, trying stuff. And and 
again, here I am by myself. I'm in my late 20s. I still don't have I don't have a circle of friends that hunt. I don't I still don't have any family that hunt. Like I'm I'm rocking this stuff solo, just learning the hard way. Um failure after failure and just because it's such an obsession because I loved it so much. I just kept doing it. I never really got frustrated with it. And I uh, just kept going and here and now I'm 45 and by no means an expert at it, but at least I can uh, fake my way through it. And then I found then I found some friends through uh, the internet, believe it or not, uh, as goofy as it sounds. It probably doesn't sound that weird now, but I gotta remember now, I'm old enough where the internet was a new thing at one point in time that I remember. So these forums would pop up and uh, I think the one, yeah, the one was called Minnesota Water, Minnesota Waterfowler, I do believe. And so we joined, I joined that forum and talked on there. And then, you know, he did the old, uh, hey, I got an open seat in the boat if anybody wants to hunt. And then, you know, somebody responded and ended up hunting with them and then became hunting buddies. And then that, you know, then I joined a couple other hunts like that down the line and still started to grow my network a little bit. And I, you know, I still hunt with these guys. And it's definitely a lot more fun having, um, somebody to to hunt with for sure and you learn a lot more i mean now we're to the point where we all think we know everything and it's like a big pissing match and and we get argue you know argument like how to set the decoys and what are you doing dumbass like that (laughs) you know what i mean like it doesn't matter i think there's a zillion memes out there now where you know you put the the decoy out there and somebody comes right behind you and, and moves it back and no matter how many decoys you have out, you need more, or there's too many, or there's or not enough, or, you know, like, I think as we as hunters, we definitely overthink things, like, a lot, and uh, that's just one of the things. So now I've branched into bow hunting. Like I said, our, you know, early I'm, I'm into archery, um, but I'm not, That that's not an obsession, I mean, I'm kind of obsessed now because all I got this year is one little deer, and I really would like to get to more because um, I made these braised venison shanks the other week that, oh, my God, I'm telling you, these things, if you just grind up your shanks or you don't even keep your shanks, bro, you're missing out. Like, you got it. Like, oh, this was in the top five best meals of my life, and I'm talking – places I've gone out to restaurants and eat. Like, this was amazing. My wife, who's not a huge venison fan, just raved about it. I mean, it's just, it was unbelievable. So, anyways, that's another skill I developed along the way is I've learned how to cook these things. You know, when I first got into duck hunting, I remember way back, you know, before my buddies, before we got out of it, we started, we shot a couple ducks, brought it back. Um, I was at my grandma's house at that time. And I brought it back, and I fried them up in a pan, and, and we ate them up, and it was terrible. I mean, it was dry, livery, in the worst way. Uh, it was not good. I mean, I choked it down in the in the name of, you know, eating what you kill, but uh, it was uh, it was not good. It was bad. And it wasn't until much, 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 much later where I started to cook. I mean, when I met my now wife... Everything I ate was out of a box, like uh, or a bag, you know. I'm, I'm, 
making noodle ronies and rice ronies and and you know TV dinners and stuff like that. I I didn't cook. I mean that that's like. And then somewhere along the way, the DIY guy in me that's always trying to figure everything out was like, you know what this this meal it seems pretty simple. This can't be that that hard. And so I started looking at recipes and started toying around. My, no, my wife has always been a, she's always been a good cook. Like when we first met, that was I mean she was making me bomb meals, like sending me to work with the plate of you know fried chicken and mashed potatoes or or baked potatoes, and roasted potatoes, and you name it. Like just these <laughs> great meals, you know, the homemade meals that yeah I've been eating out. Like I said, I've been eating out of a box for however many years and now along comes this woman that's just a great cook um so i've learned some stuff from her and then uh, you know i've kind of learned some stuff my own and, and now i'm uh you know if i pat myself on the back a little bit i'm a pretty good cook when i need to be and uh, that's key for anybody out there that you know maybe you haven't had the best results when you're cooking your wild game like thankfully you have the internet now there's a million good recipes out there um i just listened to a uh, podcast today um joe rogan uh, steve ronell is on there if you don't know who steve ronell is uh steve ronell he's a host of meat eater podcast he has a meat eater television show but he's a really good cook too by all rights i mean i've never had his I've, I've never ate his cooking but you know i've watched his show and and it looks pretty good um but he just came out with a cookbook i don't remember the name of it but I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. Um, but in there, it sounds like, you know, he breaks down all sorts, you know, fish and all sorts of wild game, like how to take care of it, how to how to make it and stuff like that. So a pretty good resource. But you got YouTube, right? You, there's everything you can possibly believe on YouTube. That's how I learned how to do all sorts of stuff. Um, but, all right, I got way off track there. Um the deer shanks. Oh, they're so good. Anyway, so I need I need more deer. So now, like, this season, I'm just, like, spending all my available time in the, in the stand. Um, but nothing's moving. I mean, I, it's, this is where, I don't know, this time of year, I think it's rut uh, or tail end of the rut here in Minnesota. Maybe they're on that mysterious lockdown phase. But uh, getting activity on my trail camera is just everything's at night. So, But sooner or later, one's going to mess up and hopefully and I'll punch that tag. Um, get to fill that freezer with some more, more delicious venison. Definitely gonna be doing those shanks again. Oh God, they were so good. Um, but we'll get down. We can get into that in another episode. Uh, tell you how I did that and how it, how it all worked out. Um, but I've amassed quite a bit of of knowledge over the years about the outdoor stuff. You know, I started getting into the the foraging, and that started early or uh, pretty simply with, like, morels, right? Like, anybody that mushroom hunts, like, they know morels, the spring morels. It's the perfect time of year. You're getting out of winter. Um, turkey hunting it might be going on. might be the tail end of it, depending on where you're at. So there's not really much else to do. Um, so it's a perfect, like, in-between thing to keep yourself, you know, if you're an outdoor person, keep yourself busy. So I, I learned how to identify morels, which is pretty easy. Like, it only has, like, the one uh, look-alike, the false morel. And, you know, you put those two things side by side, and they don't really look anything like one another. And uh, so I got obsessed with that. And uh, 
spending a lot of time in the spring trouncing around the woods. Again, I didn't know anybody that did that. I just went out on my own. I mean, I, I remember the very first time I'm like, well, I'm going to go look for morels. I literally just walked into the woods and uh, just looked down at the ground the whole time. I didn't know anything about, like, what kind of trees to look for, what habitat, like, I don't know what I thought. Like, I was just going to stumble upon this massive patch of morel mushrooms, and uh, not surprising, I didn't find one. Uh, but I kept at it, and then uh, you start picking up more tips. Like, you know, in, in Minnesota here, you look for dead elms um, and stuff like that. And then, uh, so then you had to learn to identify what an elm tree looked like, what a dead elm tree looked like. And uh, so I did that, and uh, I started to get some success, and then I ate, and I never had them before. You know, this is, this is another one of those things. Like, it's just a, it was just in me to learn this and to, and to go do it. And I'd never had morel mushroom. Nobody, I, I didn't know what, I mean, I always liked regular mushrooms, so I, I assumed I would like those. But I was not prepared for just how good they were. Oh, I love morel mushrooms. So I did that for a few years. And then I'm reading this article in uh, Outdoor News, and they talk about, and it's middle of summer, it's like July or August, and they're talking about these chanterelles. You can go out and harvest these chanterelles. And I was like, wait, what? I thought morels were the only safe wild mushroom. What are you even talking about right now? So I look into it, and I read this article, and I'm just deeply engrossed in it. And I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm like, I know those. I have seen those. I, I know exactly where some of those are right now. <laughs> and I like, I almost sprinted out of the house and ran in the woods. And uh, sure enough, found some, brought them back. And then I, I started looking at the idea. I was still, like, nervous, right? Because most things you hear about, you know, wild mushrooms, you eat the wrong one, you're dead, right? So there's a, a saying, an adage when mushroom hunting is like, when in doubt, throw it out, right? Well, I'm checking out what it looks like, the picture, you know, the fall skills, the smells. I'm smelling this thing. It's supposed to smell like apricots, right? And I'm like, this smell like, hey, baby, does this smell like apricots to you? <laughs> like, you know, I just, but there's enough doubt in my mind that I didn't end up eating that batch, right? So I think I took some pictures. And again, there's early, early stages of the internet when I posted some pictures on this forum board and then oh my god for the people that remember what a pain in the dick it was to post a picture like it kids these days just don't understand oh my god so you had to use another site like i think it was called photo bucket and you had to like paste this code and it depended like there was different kinds of code for whatever platform you were trying to show this but it was ridiculous like honestly I, looking back at now, I'm like, wow, like, might as well churn our own butter. This is ridiculous. But we figured it out, right? So anyways, I put that on there, and there was like, yep, 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 uh, go for it. So um, I don't think it was until the following season uh, where I came about again, and then I saw some, picked some, cleaned them up, fried them up, and they were delicious. Well, that just cracked the door open on a whole new world of wild mushrooms. All right, so I now now I'm, you know, let's fast forward to 
to today. You know, now now I can go out and I can find, you know, oyster mushrooms and different kinds of bolites and you know, black trumpets and um, lobster mushrooms, chicken of the woods, you know, hen of the woods, honey mushrooms. Like there there's a there's a bunch of them, right? Like it's it's almost in. I got this giant book called Mushrooms Demystified demystified my ass like this thing it's absolutely gigantic book and it's not an easy read like this is this thing is not a page turner um it was almost like learning a different language i mean don't get me wrong it's a great book like if if you're into this if you want to get into mushroom hunting like i recommend this book i highly recommend this book because when you start getting into mushrooms like bolites there's some that are edible and there's some that are not um so and it like painstakingly you know you got to go through basically like a checklist does it have this does it have that okay we'll go to this no you know go to row 26 does it have this no does it have this yet go to 32 you know you just keep working down a list till you finally narrow it down and then sometimes you gotta go all the way to the sport print now i haven't gotten to the point where i've bothered the sport print now they've reached the level of how much i want to work at this like i need to be able to visually 100% identify as mushroom and go, yep, that's it. I can eat that or I can't. Now, if I got a spore print and wait to eat it, I just don't know of any mushrooms out there that are so good that it warrants having to go that extra step. Like the the really good ones, the choice edibles, generally you don't have to do that. So I, I kind of draw the line at that. So how are you? And I, I'm fishing. I'm hunting, now I'm foraging. The mushroom then branches into, I start learning about all sorts of different wild greens you can eat and roots you can eat. And uh, now I'm becoming basically like a, a survivalist, a wildlife survivalist, but I'm but I'm not. Like that's not, that's not why I'm doing these things. I just like have this DIY kind of mentality that I just, I like to figure things out. I like to be like self-sufficient and, uh, it's it's super rewarding. But now, like, I'll tell you what. There's nothing better than going out in the spring when the trout season kicks off. You go down, you catch some trout. While you're trouncing through the woods, on your way to the trout steam, stream, you find some rail mushrooms, maybe a pheasant back, a dryad saddle mushroom. Then you pick some wild some ramps, wild leeks are like, if you don't know what those are, they're like this uh, wild oniony, garlicky thing. You know, like you go to cook a meal and you're going to put some garlic and some onion in it, right, to get that combination of flavors. Well, this thing grows in that combination. One of those plants is onion and garlic. It's amazing. Love it. And it happens to grow in the spring, right, with the morels. So you get your trout, you get your ramps, get your morels and you go in the stream and you make that meal stun on make yourself a fire and you make that meal <laughs> brother i'm telling you oh man there aren't there aren't too many more meals like that in this world and knowing that you went out and you got those things yourself like the the satisfaction that comes along with that you just can't you can't beat it you you just can't you just can't beat it so that's kind of a that's one aspect Full-scale outdoors, right? So there's full-scale outdoors. So you got hunting, fishing, foraging all wrapped up into one thing, and you throw in how to cook it, and, you know, um, it's full-scale. It's it's everything. 
So that kind of gives you an idea of of what that means. Now, what is this podcast? What what what's going on here? Is this just uh you're gonna tune into the full scale podcast? What are you gonna expect, right? You know, sometimes um, you're gonna get tips, and uh, most you're gonna get anecdotes. You're gonna get some stories. I'm gonna have guests on, and uh, it's gonna be a lot of shit talking. And I'm gonna tell you what in my mind what this is. Um, you know when you go out and you're hunting with your buddies and you're in the duck blind or you're at deer camp and, you know, the jokes are flying, you know, you, you the conversations are teetering on some unsavory things, you know. it's there, There's something about, you know, something primal about going on a hunt or, or a fishing trip and telling stories around that campfire, right? Or while you're doing it. And you could be giving each other shit or just telling stories. And we allow each other to retell those stories, right? We've all heard the stories a million times. And you catch yourself, at least I catch myself, like going into the same story that I know the people that I'm telling it to have already heard this story a dozen times, probably this year. But I'm going to tell the story start to finish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to stop. And so I kind of want that. I'm trying to capture that. That's kind of what I want for this podcast, right? So in an industry, and this is kind of the disclaimer right now, all right? There's going to be language in this podcast. I've probably heard some already. I mean, it's not going to be F this and F that and MF this, right? But I'm not really going to outwardly censor myself or outwardly censor the the conversation like I want it to be as natural and as close to that conversation you have when you're out doing those things so keep that in mind so I know like in in this industry and I've heard it said like keep it clean you got you got kids that are going to tune into this and you got you know you got it and I feel like a problem with that and it's not a problem like like that's great there's there's a lot of those out there already and if that's if that's the program you're looking for Hey man, no offense. Go listen to it. Uh, I I listen to them too. They're great. They're awesome. But there's this kind of tone that you get with a lot of those that it's manufactured, right? It's 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 almost like a politician, you know, how they they trying to say something and they're choosing the right words and they're, like they're trying to grab the widest audience. Like, and I get it, you know. That's that's what sells. You're gonna the the more listeners you have or viewers you have, the more advertising you're gonna get. Like I get it, I get it. But this is gonna be more niche, I guess, for, for for lack of a better term. This is just gonna be me, like right. I some my sense of humor. Anybody knows me. It's it can be twisted at times. It can be dark at times. And I'm sure offensive at times to certain people, but I can I can promise you this, right? And I think intent matters. I don't mean any of it. No, I'm not a stand-up comedian, you know. So I don't get the, I I don't have the the 
I don't get to go, I'm a comedian, I get to say whatever I want. But you know what I am? I am a person with individual and I have my own thoughts and and I am who I am. And this day and age with podcasts and the free internet and the fact that I'm not sponsored right now by anybody, so I don't have to worry about losing an account, right? Maybe I should worry about that I'm not going to get an account, but I'm really not too worried about that either. You know, if you listen to all the podcasts out there, and there's a million of them, you look at the most successful ones, like they're not they're not censoring themselves, right? They're they're who they are, and I think people like that. They like the the Oh, it's the word I'm looking for. Um, crap, I can't think of it right now. Um, it's it's genuine, right? So, at least that's what attracts me to those podcasts. Is is when you're listening to them, you, it, it's almost like you know them. You get to know them, you know, on on a personal level. And and I want that. That's what I want this to be. So, fair warning. <laughs> You tune in this podcast at times. Once the beer starts flowing, uh, you know who knows where the conversations go. I'm not, I'm not going to try to steer it. You know, if I have a guest and he's a, uh, a a goose outfitter from Arkansas or something, and we're talking about spring snow goose hunting, that that's going to be like loosely what we start talking about. Where it goes from there, who the hell knows? It, we might start go off on a tangent about what our favorite movie is or something like that. Like I really it I really want it to be as close as possible as, you know, just sitting down like you would if you went out hunting together, you went out fishing together, like the the conversation you have on the boat or that you have at the shack. Yeah, you know, like that's that's what I'm going for. And uh you know at times like I said, at times I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but at times it might come across as a little unsavory. So you've been warned uh, but hopefully it's hopefully it's it's at least entertaining, and uh, so um, there I've said it. Now I do have I will throw us out there for a little bit of credibility sake. I did go to school for broadcasting. I went to Brown Institute in uh, in Minneapolis. Um, got my degree. Went into radio. I was in uh, small market radio for a little bit, and then uh, my second job I was in Iowa. Knoxville, Iowa, and uh, just didn't really uh, care for the programming or the way that, you know, it wasn't a good fit. I, I wasn't a good fit with that radio station. My daughter had just been born. I was making, like, no money. And, like, small market radio, you don't make anything. I think I was, I mean, I was working ridiculous hours, like 70 hours a week, and I was making seventeen fifty a month, not an hour, a month, not $17.50, but $1,750 a month gross. Yeah, that's gross. So try raising the family on that, right? It just, we just, we just couldn't do it. So then when that job didn't pan out, um, I tried finding another radio job. I found a position that would have absolutely loved in War Road, Minnesota, you know, heart of hunting and fishing and everything else. It's still like I had a morning show, both my other, my other positions were both morning show positions. So I, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And this one up there, I wasn't the guy, right? I would have been like the co-host and the sports guy. Like 
perfect. Like, that is perfect. But we couldn't come up with because they're such a small market, we just couldn't come up with a number. I knew what I needed to, to make to, to survive. I mean, just to survive. And, uh, you know, we tried to get creative with some numbers, and we just just couldn't get it. Just couldn't get it done. So that was the end of my broadcast career. And then uh, from there, uh, I became an iron worker. My, my father-in-law at the time was a, a retired iron worker, so he got me in uh, into the trades, and uh, that's what I did for the next 17 years. And it was a it was a good job, man. Was, and you go out there, you bust your ass. I met a lot of really cool guys uh, and girls, and um, it put me in a position where I am right now. Now here's where you're gonna find out. I'm gonna probably have a couple of those guys on as guests because I I you know I'll fish with some of them or hunt with them and or at least just bullshit with them. And uh, some of them are pretty funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them on here. Those are going to be good times. Now, you're going to hear me talk shit about ironwork, <laughs> like busting rods and how miserable it is. So I'm going to kind of dog on it. But truth be told, I'll forever be thankful for it because it allowed me to get to where I am right now, which is able to... Start my own outdoor company, Full Scale Outdoors. Start this podcast, which, you know, hopefully these things are successful. But that, to be honest with you, that's not why I'm doing the podcast. I, I'm doing it because I've just, I loved broadcasting. And I've always thought, like, I wish I could just do my own radio program. And now, look, here we are. You can. You can. I got a little recorder. I've got a microphone. Boom. I'm broadcasting, right? I don't need a network. It's 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 awesome. We live in a great great time but the iron working um it allowed me to make some money and uh enough that I, i'm taking a chance you know i'm gonna i'm doing what a lot of people like to do you know do what you love why well, i like to hunt and fish and forage well i'm making a making a career out of it so when loser dry here i'm gonna give it a shot um what do i got to lose right iron working will always be there to if i need it uh, hopefully I don't need it, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so there's a little insight. So where do we go from here? Right. Well, that's kind of up to, uh, a little bit up to you guys. So if you're listening to this, if you made it this far, we are what going on 45 minutes in this podcast right now, me just rambling about this, that, and the other thing. Um, I just, this is a good introduction, right? I wanted to give you a little insight of who I am, what you can kind of expect, and what I hope for in this podcast. And um, so if there's something you'd like to talk about, you got some questions, maybe I can answer them. Or if I can't answer them, I'll find out who has the answer, right? We'll, and we'll talk about it. So you can uh, go on to my website, www.fullscaleoutdoors.com, and uh, you know check the website out there. I got a blog on there be honest i'm not very active on that blog i need to be more active on that blog so you guys hold me accountable on that um email me you know say hey slacker you haven't posted anything new in fact i went on there and looked and then my last blog was about here we'll put this in perspective my last blog on there was about ice fishing last season and we're just now starting to get into the, like i walked on the ice today i did a little bit of ice fishing today just 
basically checking the, uh, the ice out. Um, so, yeah, didn't do anything all summer. But I was busy. I mean, I, I'm in a bass league, and uh, I'm just making excuses now. But in a bass league, trying to get full scale up and running. Um, so, I, you know, but that it's just an excuse. I mean, I could have easily found some time to sit down and write about it and, uh, you know, starting your own company. There's something to write about. I'll tell you that. There's there's a lot that goes into that. Um, so blog on uh, fullscale.outdoors.com. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find my personal page, Dale Luganville, on Facebook. Uh, Full Scale Outdoors on Facebook. we got a group. There's a, a Full Scale Outdoors group page that I'd really love to see grow. You know, go on there and post pictures and share stories and, and funny memes and give each other shit and, um, you know, ask questions and, and, you know, grow a good network where you can get some, you know, you got a question about something, whether it's like, hey, what do you guys do in this particular situation when the weather gets cold or what's your favorite go-to lure or, um, you know, it can be anything. You know, you get a, you get a big enough that's the beauty of having one of those big networks. And, and trust me, like everybody and their brother now has, it seems has their own, has their own page like that. But, um, it's just a good way to network. So I, I like them. I like them all. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of high tide raises all ships. So if you got, if you're listening to this and you got your own outdoor page and you want some traffic to it, Hey, let me know, man. I'll, I'll like it. I mean, if I, I'm a part of like I don't even know how many different uh hunting and fishing groups right now. Like it's just a good way of network. Like I I'm not this like I'm not going to promote your page cuz then nobody'll be coming to my page. Like hey, there's not enough time to go to everybody's page. Like this, you know, a lot of people are are starting this stuff. And that's oh, I forgot. I do want to mention this. I do have a YouTube channel as well, and there's not a whole lot on there right now, but that's going to change. Um Hopefully start making a lot of videos and getting that content out there. Um, I shouldn't say hopefully. It's going to happen. We're going to do that. We're definitely going to go do that. Um, so that will be another outlet. And also I'll be guiding. So I don't have the website updated yet. Hopefully very soon. Um, but anybody listening to this, uh, if you want to get in on some, right now we're getting into the ice fishing season, and you want to go out and you want to get into some really good panfish action, um, that's kind of my that's kind of my thing. Like, I can take you. We can catch the walleyes. You know, I'm in Minnesota. That's, like, walleye guides are dime a dozen. They're everywhere. Um, and if that's what you want to do, heck, yeah, let's go get them, right? Um, but I'm just telling you, like, what I really get off on, what I specialize in is those panfish. We're going to go out. We're going to run a gun. We're going to pop a bunch of holes. I'm going to keep you on fish. We're going to make a pile, right? You're going to get a meat pile. Or we'll just catch them, catch them release if you just want to go for for the big dogs, you know, we'll do that too. What I want full scale to be as far as the guiding side of it is you come to me, like if you're not from Minnesota, even if you are from Minnesota and you just don't get to do it as much and you're trying to, you know, cut down on that, you know, maybe you don't have the equipment or you don't have time to go scout these lakes out or, or whatever, whatever your reasons are for, for hiring a guide, right? Come to me, come to full scale outdoors. Tell me what you want. Like, what are you hoping in this trip? And if it's within my power, I'm going to do everything in my power to make that to make that happen. And if I can't do it, I'm going to put you in touch with the right people, whether I make a dime on it or not, right? I want you to have the best outdoor experience humanly possible. So 
that's that's what I want from the full scale outdoors guiding aspect of it, right? Um, I'd love it to be a one one stop shop eventually down down the road that it can just become one of those names where you know I can ferret out the different guides. Like I'm not gonna recommend some guy that that's just on there, right? You're not just gonna get to put your name under the full scale outdoors banner. Like I'm gonna need to know you in it and a lot of times i'm probably going to hire these guys myself and go out and just check them out so it becomes i'd love it in the future full scale outdoors becomes like a standard for good and trustable guide services um it'd be nice just to have something like that so you know as a consumer you go online and you know if, if you see the full scale check mark on it or whatever it becomes maybe a stamp or who who the hell knows that that you have the presence of mind and you have the confidence that, all right, this is going to be a good trip. Now, with that comes that, you know, stipulation that nobody, I don't care what, who it is, like sometimes fish don't bite, right? Sometimes the birds don't fly. That's just how it is. Um, these guaranteed to catch fish things, you know what they do? They waste time and they catch like the dinky little sunfish. So then you have to pay them. So, you know, that's, it's just a gimmick. So you're not going to find that on my page. Um, I'm going to be up front and honest with you, but I will tell you this. I will bust my ass and do everything in my power to uh, give you a good time on the water or in the field if we're um, going hunting. So um, hopefully this time next year we'll also be having a waterfall guide service for ducks and geese. Uh, that's my goal. We're going to work towards that. So we're going to start out with ice fishing this winter, move into summer. We'll be bass fishing all summer. So if you want to get in on some bass fishing this coming summer, you know, like the pros are doing, you get on, uh, get on the ranger. We're gonna run a gun. We're gonna, you know, I'll show you some techniques. Um, it's it's whatever you want it to be. You know, you wanna maybe you, you're not good at using a baitcaster. You never used a baitcaster in your life. If you want to use it, if you want to learn how to use it, I'm willing to teach you. You know, <laughs> you cast that one out and you get that all backlashed. Well, I'll put that one down. We'll grab it. I'll hand you another one. We'll keep going. I'll <laughs> I'll dig out I'll dig out the uh, tangles. At the end of the day, it's not a big deal. I love sharing my knowledge with people, and uh, I'm still learning a bunch myself. Um, but come along, take for a ride, and uh, you know we'll have a good time. I guarantee you, if we don't catch fish, we're going to catch some laughs. That I can promise you. <laughs> I have been accused of being somewhat childish and immature. I'm 45 years old. Um, I would like to say I'm youthful. Right? No, I'm forever a child. Who am I kidding? I I like, uh, you know, that's what she said jokes. And <laughs> so whatever, right? I like to have a good time. And uh, so we'll have a good time together. So go online. Check out uh, www.fullscaleoutdoors.com. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. I do have a Snapchat account. That's just my a personal one. I don't know how. I don't use that one that much. So whatever. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, are the, I might even have a Twitter. I, I never use Twitter, so that, just forget I even mentioned that one. Um, but, yeah, so you can get a hold of me on the website, and then uh, we'll go from there. So any kind of guest, you know, that you'd like to, you'd like me to try to get on this, this podcast, I am all ears. And, and they don't need to be professionals per se maybe you got a guy that you just you hunt and fish with or a girl i i, I know here's another disclaimer I, I meant to put this in the very beginning i'm going to use the term guys 
very casually. So, like, when you're out with the guys hunting, this, that, ladies, I am not excluding you because I know there's a ton of women that, that are in the outdoors, that love the outdoors, that are as passionate as any dude out there, right? I am definitely not excluding you. So just know when I say guys, I mean you too. I, I, I don't want to have to go guys and gals, guys and gal, you know, every time. Like, all right, get your guys, right? Can we just, can we just be honest here? Your guys. I don't mean that in a uh, gender sort of way. It's just uh, it's a blanket statement. All right, we got that out of the way. So anyways, if there, is there somebody that you like to fish with and hunt with that you think is hilarious or just is really interesting and you think and they're a good conversationalist and you think would be a good fit, let me know, man. I like I, I would love to I, I like to meet new people. So it might be something as easy as, you know, hey, oh, my my buddy Jack Smith over there, you know, we go fishing and he's just a stitch. He's got he can't take him seriously. He's, you know, he's super sarcastic. He's just really funny. I think you I think you'd love it. Hey, give us contact information. Maybe we'll go spend the day on the water and, uh, you know, just bullshitting. And, and if time allows, come back to a podcast. And uh, hopefully it's super entertaining. You know, I'm all about growing this network. And going back to, like, what I said earlier, this is just, I want this to just be what it is when you're out with your friends, right? Your friends and family and you're having a good time. That's what the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is 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 supposed to be that's what i want it to be and uh i'm gonna need you guys' help with that so let me know anybody you want on here subjects you'd like me to tackle um trust me we get really deep into this i'll give you opinions about all sorts of things um i try to keep an open mind on a lot of things but know this for sure I talk a lot of shit. <laughs> I like the I like the ruffle feathers. I don't want to get anybody actually pissed off. I just like giving people the needle, right? Like um my old iron worker buddies they'll tell you, right? I'm ripping on everybody, but I don't mean nothing by it. Like I just like to have a good time and I like getting it as much as as giving it out. So you know, if you got someone that can come with some good one-liners and and you can stump me, man, bring it on. I love it. I love that just about as much as anything. So, all right, appreciate you guys. If you've made it here, we're almost to the one-hour mark. Um, not that I have a time restraint, but I feel like I said what I wanted to say. Um, real quick, I'll just give you an update where we're at in Minnesota. Um, it's a time where we're super busy. The, Ice fishing's kicking off right now. In fact, if you want open water, you can still find that on some rivers and stuff like that. I know some guys are. We're in the middle of deer season. The firearm season just ended. Bow season's still going on. we got a muzzleloader season coming up. Obviously, all all the small game seasons are open right now. Duck hunting's open. Goose hunting's open. Grouse, pheasants, squirrels, rabbits, you name it. So we are in a spot now where it's hard to decide what you're going to do. Uh, that's, like, one of the biggest things. It's like... Are we goose hunting tomorrow? Let's go find a field. Wow, oh, I really want to sit in the stand. Tonight. You know, so you gotta you gotta kind of choose your battles at this uh, point in time. So, um, I'm in the North Metro. I'm north of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Here, I went and checked out a little lake. There was two and a half inches of nice, good, clear, solid ice. So we are definitely you know out, out outside of some big warm patch hitting. Uh, I think we're in it. I think this is 
we are in ice fishing. Usually you try to find fishable ice after Thanksgiving, but this is, I'm recording this the uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving, and uh, we got fishable ice. So be safe out there. Um, this early ice, there's, you know, don't risk it as much as like fishing. It ain't worth dying for. Um, but be really careful out there. Uh, have some fun. You have some success. You have some uh, questions. Go on Facebook, man. Find that Full Scale Outdoors outdoor group or uh, even just the Full Scale Outdoors uh, business page. Throw a comment out there. I'd like to see what you guys got to say. And, and I love uh, I love seeing your guys' picks. And, and uh, you're not going to. You're not gonna hear me rag on you about uh, you know, dead animal hanging off your pickup truck, right? This is a safe <laughs> this is a safe space for uh outdoorsmen, all right? Alright guys, that's it. That's it for this uh very first inaugural podcast. I hope it was at least uh mildly entertaining at, at times. I'm gonna finish this beer that I cracked open and never uh took a swig from because I was talking too much. And uh, we're gonna go watch the Vikings hopefully whoop up on the Bears. Sunday Night Football, Battle for the North. This is a big one for the Vikes. Big, big, big one for the Vikes. So, all right, guys, appreciate listening. We'll talk to you later. Hey, everybody. Huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, to rate us, to review us. Um, you're doing great things, and we are growing every day, and I really appreciate it. Another way we're growing is we have joined the Waypoint Outdoor Collective so what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs, uh, hell, even gaming systems. So um, if you haven't downloaded the Waypoint app, do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. Um, so I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed let's share it let's keep this thing going and uh i am proud to say that the full scale outdoors podcast is now part of the waypoint outdoor collective so thank you very much